2: welcome to the five-year plan podcast Hooray. 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 okay kind of upbeat given the circumstances so that's good we'll take that uh, this is pod uh, 352 and this week we're talking about palaces 4-0 defeat at chelsea and joining us this week this week is of course comedian and author kevin day hello to you
3: thank you very much i wondered who you were talking about then for a second
2: <laughs> Can only be you. And would you like to Seeing as last week? I buried it at the end of the pod when no one was listening. Um, would you like to promote uh, your book early on in the pod
3: this week? <laughs> <laughs> what? Who are you? Ninety-two football clubs and why you shouldn't support them. That one. Now available in. I've 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 wanted all my life. I've waited to do this joke. It's it's available in all good bookshops and some bad ones. Yeah, it, don't, don't, don't. and, <laughs> and one of the people doing today's pod we're doing uh, the strutton literary festival no me neither is holding a is <laughs> holding an hour-long session to promote it and uh, it's being hosted by somebody you're about to introduce which i'm very pleased about
2: yes indeed one of our also most requested guests uh, to come back on the podcast it is the brilliant chloe pets welcome back how are you that's
1: very sweet of you. Yeah,
2: I'm. I'm really good. I'm. I'm very glad to be here. When you said comedian and author, I
1: thought I haven't written a book. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've. I've been reading. Who are you today? Um, we're not actually sponsored by by uh, Kevin's book, but but it seems like we are. The amount we're talking about it. But I've been reading it this afternoon, and it is absolutely brilliant. So oh, um, you, I would thoroughly recommend it to to all football fans.
3: Oh, thank you, Chloe. Excellent. We are. We that, are. Did you one saying that on if you do that on Amazon, Chloe, add five stars, that'd be great, thank you. (laughs) Um, And
2: completing the panel this week, uh, it's the one and only expert DJ, James Endicott. (laughs) Hello, how How are are you? I'm
4: very good, thank you. How are you?
2: Good. I'm very good, indeed. Uh, Excellent. Even though we have to talk about Palace losing 4-0, which we'll get onto in a minute. Before we do that, can I get a drum roll for a random patron, please? It's Mr... (laughs) Tristan Chait. Hey, hey hi, Tristan. Uh, and you can join our Patreon and get all the rewards like Tristan does that include post-match podcast, patron-only merchandise and the patron-only WhatsApp club at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Um, Do we have one- a random
3: sponsor this week as well? No, the sponsor this
2: week is The Athletic, so in part two we'll Uh, be referencing an article from uh, to talk uh, about transfers, and and of course what we've done is record this a few hours before the transfer window closes, to make sure this podcast goes out of date as soon as possible. (laughs) Um, But we'll come on to that in part two, because I don't think it's going to be a particularly um, busy day anyway. Before we do that, Kevin, uh, last shout out for our um, Marathon March sponsorship, which is happening this Saturday. I Mm -hmm. believe you went on it? 20 mile walk you were saying earlier today so at least one of us is doing some prep
3: uh 20 kilo ki- 20 kilo yeah 20- <laughs> <laughs> 20 twenty kilo in the course in the course of, of yes yeah, so i did a 20k walk today which is my first proper one so th- this pod needs to go on a long time because it's going to take me ages to get out of this chair <laughs>
2: uh
3: well look uh we've already had we've already nearly hit our tar-
2: target already which is people have been incredibly generous especially given the current climate so we do really appreciate that but if you would like to donate to us you can at justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash fyp hyphen podcast hyphen 2020 i picked a very memorable url there for people uh to well also, can
3: i just point out i just had a call from the fact they've the, they just hit twenty thousand pounds in total wow which is a tribute to the generosity of palace fans uh, at this current time i think which is and it's much needed as well so thank you to everybody who's taking part and donating
2: we do appreciate it. And uh, I think we're going to try and do... I know last year, you guys, I wasn't there because um, I had the excuse of my baby just being born. And I should have had another baby this year. Um, but we're going to try and do another post-match uh, extra podcast on the way for people. So, um, yeah, give us something to do
3: as well. You said, you said I should have had another baby. Like other people say, I should have bought sugar. <laughs> oh, Damn! I knew there was something. What was I supposed to do? Have uh, a baby, that's
2: it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and both ruin your life in the same way. Let's move on to... (laughs) I'll cut that. I'm definitely cutting that. Unbelievable. Um, Miranda doesn't listen anyway. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Right, part one, Chelsea, 4-0, Kevin. Um, A a weird game in that actually, this is going to sound a bit bizarre, but first half, Palace were very good and went in 0-0. And second half, yes, it was more one way. But really, it was, it was individual errors that split this one. I, I've got a, a personal trainer who's a uh, Chelsea fan, and he was texting me throughout the game. Sorry, sorry. I, I not knew you were going to do that. I thought I'd try and gloss over that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Why did you say it? He's a Chelsea fan, and he was texting me, and he said at one point, how are we 3-0 up? This is a 0-0 game. Uh, and then I think at, later on he said, how have we won this 4-0? So really it it was a disappointing performance but was it that but was it purely individual errors or was there more to worry about from this one
3: yeah d- defensively I mean the, the the two goals that weren't penalties weren't good defensively uh Sacco didn't cover himself in glory it was a poor throw out I don't know why Gata, we, I thought we'd got over that throwing the ball out to people who didn't want the ball to be thrown at him basically but <laughs> it's it it, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was a four nil game, but it's just disappointing after the way we were on the front foot against Man United that we weren't we weren't doing that. We were you know, they they negated Wilf it seems that, that words got out that all you need to do is sit somebody on Wilf and if we can't get the ball to Wolf we pretty much haven't got plan B, which is, I don't know how many pods we had last year that were entitled, no plan B, but it it, it was disappointing, I think the, the scoreline wasn't an accurate one, I think if we'd lost that 2-0 you'd, you'd go into the into the international break, and go, oh, that's not too bad, we should have got a point against Everton who looked like a top four team, we've got you know, and it was a halfway decent performance against Chelsea, who probably also a top four team, but we lost 4-0 and we deserved to lose, there's no two ways about it the lack of ambition was was there for all to see, unfortunately. And we're on the front foot, where we looked uh, at United, we looked up for it. We looked like we thought we could win the game. And here, we looked like we thought we could get a nil-nil draw out of it, basically. And unfortunately, when Palace go a goal down, we tend to lose, especially to a good team like Chelsea.
2: Yeah, Chloe, I think that's the thing that annoyed disappointed me as well because we've seen uh, Chelsea against West Brom the previous week and they were 3-0 down at half-time and West Brom sort of proved that you can you can get at this Chelsea team especially with their new defenders Thiago Silva looked like he hasn't really sort of settled in the Premier League and as Kevin said we we were on the front foot against Man United and in fact we had a question here from Mark at MD Jones 82 and he says, as Troy said last week on the pod, we give Chelsea too much respect. And Troy said, sort of, historically, we didn't do that at Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. They just conceded three to West Brom, so why not be a bit more adventurous from the off? But the thing is, Chloe, we know that Roy doesn't... That is, Even though it happened at Man United, and bear in mind that was Man United's first game of the season, it's still uncharacteristic for Roy to do that. So I think we, we all knew we were still going to come and probably look to play on the break against Chelsea. It's not a big surprise, is it?
1: Yeah, and I, I do think it was probably the wrong time for for us to play Chelsea. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because of the result that they got against West Brom. But I think it is because of that result that they needed to have a reaction. Mm, I also yeah. think Chilwell coming into the team was a huge thing for them. Um, Marcus Alonso was obviously at fault um, for one or two of the goals at West Brom. And I think he's probably sort of past his prime as a Chelsea player. Um, and I think um, it's t- it's taken Thiago Silva one game, to settle and look like the classy player that he is so I think we were always going to be up against it and I also think that we probably got a little bit of our head ahead of ourselves given the result that we had at Man U mm. which was an excellent performance but you know look at what Spurs have done to them yesterday they're not that great um, not not to take anything away from our performance at all so I think the thing is we were always going to go there and we were always going to set up the way that Roy always sets us up which is very organised for uh, two lines of four and then sort of one or or two sitting in front of those lines of four or one in the hole. And I think that we're going to have results like this because when we're all on song and when everyone's doing their job exactly right, then we're going to make it really difficult uh, for teams to beat us slash we're going to go on and win those games. But equally, I think when individual error then occurs or we come up against, let's face it, brilliant players and look how much money Chelsea have spent this year, Mm. there are going to be mistakes... And I think, as you say, it's a shame that we then rolled over and lost it 4-0 rather than kept it to 2-0. But I do think we're seeing in COVID times um, with, you know, a very dense fixture list, teams are just kind of packing up and going, do you know what? We're probably not going to win this game. Let's take off off the pedal and save it for the next one. So I do think we are seeing these big scores. So I'm not too worried. I think it was a bit spineless,
2: but... We- We've shown
1: enough uh, in the first four games this season that I think we're going to be perfectly fine.
2: Yeah, given the given the context, enders actually of this weekend, yeah. and there've been so many mad results. Um, yeah. It actually, weirdly, uh, it's not even the third or fourth worst result of the weekend. And there's been <laughs> Paul, uh, we, know, we had a comment know. from Paul Baker, and he's put, I'd, will... rather loo- "I'd rather lose, I'd rather lose four nil to Chelsea than seven two to Villa," which I think is mm. absolutely. Yeah, Spot on. but just on the, on the individual errors, obviously, we know that Sacco is at fault for at least two, if not maybe three of the goals, certainly collectively yeah. of them. Yes. And Royal. What are a the, surprise. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. I know we talk about Sacco. No, but, a lot. No, but,
4: well, yeah, no, but the thing is, I've been bleating on in this pod for about two years that Sacco is completely overrated. Yeah. And, and I know people say, oh, but he's really good at taking the ball out of defence and passing. Every single game, there's at least one error, one error, glaring error, which often leads to a goal. Not always. Yes, on, on Saturday, there were two, if not three. I'm tired of this. Oh, but Sacco's a genius. He's brilliant. No, he's a waste of space. Get him out of the team. I've had enough of Sacco. I've really had enough of this. People, no, 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 no. Too many errors, too many mistakes, costing us games. Now, I'm not saying if he hadn't been playing, we wouldn't have lost the game. We probably would have done. But he certainly didn't help. He, and he gives no... He just he isn't leading the team. He's he's not leading that back four. He just looked like a rabbit in the headlights some of the times and he's just kicking like he's on his flipping school playground. Mm. I'm sorry, I've just got to get off my chest. I've had enough of Sacco. I've had enough for him for about eighteen months. Fact. Gotta go. So no see more ya.
3: no more Sacco at the backhoe for you then?
4: No, no more Sacco at the backhoe. You say sack him, sacking, Sacco. Well,
3: but see the worrying thing enders as well is because I've always been with you on, on this one, is but in the 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 Leicester game, remember at the end of last season and the Chelsea game, he started making his mistakes in the box, mm. whereas before yeah. his mistakes tended to be when he was trying to carry the ball out and he yeah. tended yeah. to be sort of halfway between the box and the halfway line and we kind mm. of got away with them but we're not because... And they were basic errors as well. I mean, he's being out They were jump. really simple. He's being They're out really jumps. Simple. The, the, oh. the penalty... Oh. Mitchell, you can forgive... You can forgive for Mitchell because he's, cause he's yeah, a kid. And, and, and also, he was really close to making that tackle. we shouldn't have made, mm. tried to make that tackle, but he was really close to do it. Sacco doing that is unforgivable. I mean, It's, it's totally unforgivable. He's, he's supposed he's, to be... The leader, like you say, he's basically the leader of the team. and that was, that, he's, that was
4: he's supposed to be one of our most experienced players, and I don't want to put the whole blame on Sacco because it was not a great performance, full stop. But I am going to point him out as an individual that needs his finger pointing at him because he gets away with it too many times too many mm. times he's getting away with it fans the club give him too much give him, give him too much time and too much space i've had enough of it mm. it's too many mistakes too many did i say that enough times yeah or too many
2: <laughs> uh okay look right, i see I, you bye i'm i'm yeah i um, said my bit. I know how you guys love a stat, right? And yeah, you're go going on. to absolutely love this one. But according uh, to yeah. Premier League statistics, in the Palace team, Sacco has made the fifth, so he's fifth on the list for errors that have directly contributed to a goal. So he's not first, he's fifth. Now, the way they calculate that... <sighs> Over what, is, what time period? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say recent. I'm going to say last couple of years, maybe. I don't know. Um, right. Well, it can't be this season, so maybe, maybe last season. Um, they calculate that as you lose the ball in front of goal, striker goes on and scores. And we know on Saturday, obviously, it's as Adam says in the post match pod, it's n- never one person's fault, it's nearly two or three errors. And that's what it was on Saturday. Saka made a big error, the header header wasn't cleared. Um, I can't remember who didn't track well, but someone didn't track well. So it's, it's a collective Townsend. thing, Townsend, Zandros. Yeah, so it's a collective thing with these errors. Obviously, the Saka one did not help, and if he puts his foot through it that situation doesn't unfold in the box and and we survive. Um, So the stats don't necessarily back up uh, that he makes a lot of errors. But the thing is, Chloe, he does seem to make a lot of high profile errors and some of them lead to goals and some of them don't. But they are errors that fans remember. And then when it leads to a goal on Saturday, it's more fuel for that fire. Where are you on the Sacco debate?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't think he should play at centre-half for us like as a first choice, but I'd have him on the bench if need be. Um, But yeah, it's it's one of them ones where like, um, I think it's the the sort of the confidence that it engenders through the rest of the team probably leads to other players making errors because they're trying to account for the error that Sacco's going to make. You see it with like, um, you know, goalkeepers, like uh, when De is on song at Man U, you you can see that the the back four play so much better because they're not worried. So I think when you have sort of like this quite anarchic worrying force in your back four or five, then then it it doesn't breed confidence throughout the rest of the team. And I think it has a real knock on effect. Um, So, yeah, I, I just, I don't understand how, We're not going in for another centre-half, this transfer window. I know we're going to talk about it later, but to to me, the pairing of Sacco and Coate, like, you look at it and we've got away with it for the first three games, really. Um, And I I just thought we were always due a bit of a drubbing once, you know, some decent forward players work them out.
3: We have to get another centre-back. There's clearly an issue at centre-back as we've got four Really good centre-backs, supposedly. Sacco, Kelly, uh, Cahill, Dan, Tomkin. So five really good centre-backs. Yeah. And with injuries and age or whatever, the only one that started every game is Kiati, who's not a centre-back. Who's done very well. <laughs> who's done very well, but there's <laughs> clearly an issue. That centre back that's got to be resolved. I, you know, something's wrong with the training that one or two or three of the centre backs are always out. Tompkins looks like a long term one. Yeah. Dan can't play two games running, even though he looked like good at the start. So you know, Cahill's out for some time. So it needs to be resolved. And the other thing, I agree with Chloe, I don't think there's anything to worry about, but the amount of people who said on, on Saturday and on a Sunday on social media, I oh, will be fine when Schlupp comes back. Much as I love Jeffrey Schlup. If you're if you're relying on Schalck comeback to solve whatever issues you have, then maybe there are problems. Because Eze, the one remember your QPR friend that was on, who talked about where to play Eze, and we said that we went to every QPR website, and all yeah. of them said, don't waste him out on the left in a four. <laughs> play, him, play him as a ten, all of them, They all said that. All of them, they said play him as a ten. Play him as a centre forward. Play him as a as a you know central midfield player. But don't waste him out. That. And what are we doing? It, we're doing exactly within what we predicted would happen because you know Roy's mindset is essentially conservative. And you've got this game changing player. It's the same as with you know Bat-Sherry obviously wasn't available against his parent club, but I don't think Batchelor will start. The next game because Roy just if, you know it worked for two games so Roy will give it another ten games before he changes it and it's we, we've got players there that are clearly good but we've got two creative players that haven't been involved in the games enough.
1: I think this is like part of the short termedness, which one hundred percent isn't a word, but you understand my sentiment. Um, <laughs> it is of of Palace, which is that someone will do something like half decent and then that will stick in our minds, a bit like the inverse of Sacco mistakes and mm. then we'll think we ha- we're we bound to play in that player. Jordan, Jordan Ayew is a perfect example. Yep. He's had a really poor start to the season mm. but because he was our player of the season last year, you-, you feel bound to play him game in, game out when it's not working and I think the same thing is happening with Shop. is that we- we've we all sat around on this pod and said, I'm not sure Sh- Schlupp's good enough, like he's a good squad player but he, is he good mm. enough now he's had three, two or three good games we're going, oh we're missing Schlupp, he's <laughs> a missing link do you, know what, do you know what I mean, it's it's just there's no, like we seem very content just to sort of do what is going to work to keep us up, rather than try something a bit more I don't want to say expansive because that sounds very Deborian, but um, but like <laughs> just something a bit like, a bit of a risk, you know? Play Eze through the middle, play Batshuayi, uh, you know? It, it, we just seem very consent, content to say, oh, that'll do.
4: Well, you know I, think it, I think it boils down to what Troy was saying last week, I think you're highlighting it as well, Close, that we gave Chelsea too much respect. We should have yeah. gone for the jugular in the first 10, 15 minutes. You know, Eze should have been in the middle. We, we went there with the MacLads lads in the middle to try and get their midfield silence, and, and it Mac didn't lads. really work. And um, you know, I think we went in with a little bit too much respect. We weren't firing on all cylinders, but it's that thing. And it, and once you lose, don't get the momentum going straight away, especially with a team like Palace. It's 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 hard to get it. Yes, we did have quite a good first half, but it was a pretty boring first half. Let's be honest. Mm. There weren't many chances for either team. Yes, we were quite solid at the back, but they weren't really pushing at us in the first half. They just came out in the second half with like, this is a lot for the taking. Mm. And they did
2: it Well they did They did change things dead. At half time Lampard did admit That they 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 went for it At half time So maybe yeah. they saw As Absolutely. you say They saw a chance yeah. To get past us But um, of course did.
3: That attitude That Chloe talks about That that'll do Is that we At the end of the, the Villa game last night Which uh, Ali watched with us Because It was astonishing She just wanted to be Part of history But they showed the league table At the end of it She went There you go 12th Your favourite <laughs> position Fine <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And, it's, and it's kind of like yeah fine yeah we'll take that now great if you offer us 12th we'll take that great one or two interesting wins that'd be fine yeah
2: in the grand scheme of our history that is it's not bad yeah no I, I'll take, exactly I'll take it I'll take it happily I will take it yeah <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm
1: happy with that but I do think we could get there in a more exciting way than Absolutely. playing yeah. you yeah. know yeah. Jordan Ayew P- play, play Bash- Bashway and Eze where he wants to play, and it yeah. will just be a, a lot more fun, a, a funner journey to Twelfth. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Well, apparently with Eze, he's apparently gone. Eze has been told when he when he signed because he, he did that whole thing when he signed and say I've been given the position I want to play. I'm really happy with where the club see me, and that is this position. Apparently, the the Ruben they've sold it to him as the Ruben Loftus cheek position that he played a yeah, few years ago, and apparently <laughs> he's quite happy to do that because he's, he's given license to drift. Obviously, against Chelsea, there wasn't the opportunity to do it, but he, he has been given license to drift off. Uh, into the middle and, and cause havoc but it's not he's not going to be a number 10 for us it's just, it's just not going to happen he's going to JD wide. how many
3: how many new young players at a club in their first press conference are going to go hang on a second I do not want to play here <laughs> Yeah. But what's, what's my agent doing I just don't doesn't have to mention I, it though doesn't have to mention I, I, it I don't, not... I, I don't necessarily buy into it it's like when Roy keeps saying that Max Mayer says his favourite position is left side of a defence of a defensive midfield I'm not Entirely sure I believe it. And the fact is...
2: No, Max's it, best position is holding Luca's hand on the way out.
3: Well, I bet, yeah, no. No, that, That's the mascot, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, essentially, if, if that's the case and why have we bought... I don't see why we've spent a lot of money on the player that everyone said was the player of the championship last season. Him and Watkins were the two players that everyone picked out. And everyone said Eze was the most creative player in the championship so so there's something wrong with our recruitment policy then if if we've bought a player who's content to play in a position he hasn't played for QPR in and when he has it's been his least effective performances I don't get that
2: no okay well would you like speaking of recruitment shall we take a break and then talk about Palace's transfer activity (laughs) or deadline day activity slash lack thereof uh, with the help of the Athletic so let's take a quick break and we'll be back after
0: this
2: Hello, welcome back to the 5 you Plan podcast.
3: Hey! 12th! 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 I, just,
2: I just said, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take three it. 352. Uh, and in part two, we're going to read an article from The Athletic. They're a world class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of the team that will finish 12th in the Premier League this season. <laughs> They're subscription based, <laughs> website and app, completely ad free, no ads, no pop ups, brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP for the next few days, you can get your subscription for just £1 a month, but that ends on October the 9th. And after that, it'll go back to the 40% off offer. So if you want £1 a month, sign up before October the 9th. Um, right. So obviously it's deadline day today. And this morning, was it Monday, the 5th of October, Matt Woosnam uploaded an article about uh, Palace's deadline day latest. Now this went up, Kevin, at about 9am this morning, I think. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that quite literally... We're recording now at 5pm. Nothing has changed on this article. Well, let me just read you a couple of bits from it. Um, The subhead says, what has been the best bit of business so far? And Matt has said, keeping hold of Wilfred Zaha, he should play a vital part in their season. In the short term, the arrival of Michi Batshuayi was invaluable. Adding a striker who knows the manager and the club and enjoyed a successful loan spell previously was crucial, giving Palace's goal-scoring woes last season. But it remains a short-term fix. And then later on, under the subhead, what is the big regret of the window? Matt's put, this has been a strong window. They have brought in three players, two of them young and exciting prospects who are not only for the future, but capable of producing now. It would be unfair to point any major regrets, but in not adding another forward, they may feel a little frustrated. That would have seen a good window become an excellent one. And I just want to add that I saw friend of the pod, Michael Bridge from Sky Sports uh, on Twitter earlier with a little bit from their, uh, I guess, transfer coverage show from the training ground and this would have been about midday, saying that Palace had told him that so far they are happy with the business they've done, which again indicates I don't think there'd be much more movement today. Are you, Kevin, happy with the business Palace have done?
3: You're very naive when it comes to the media. Do you think the bloke from, <laughs> you think the bloke from Sky is going to report into Jim Wyatt and say Palace said they're not buying anyone? Well, well, you're I, you're, you're, you're
2: a the... lot of truth bombs on me today, aren't yeah. you? Intel? can I come yeah. back to
3: the studio? there's nothing seriously It's getting a bit chilly out here. They're, they're not buying <laughs> anyone. they have said they're not buying anyone this until next year. It's um, it's it's not been a bad. T- I think we got really excited at the start of the transfer window because for once we did our business quite early. Yeah, Ferguson's a really good prospect, but we've bought an injured player, which doesn't bode well. For the future, I mean, he failed his medical when we tried to get him last time and he came in injured and there's no word of when he starts. why is great when he plays. Eze, you've just revealed, is playing out of position. So we've spent 20 million quid on somebody who's not playing where he should be. So I was actually quite <laughs> happy before this pod. Um, I, I think we needed... We This is a... We've been banging on about this for years and we won't buy one because it's, Roy doesn't want one. We need a, a different option in midfield. It's like the two max are great. They're brilliant. They've worked really well together. But because they've worked really well together in the first two, three games, as Chloe says, that will be the starting line-up for the next 10 games until we decide they're, not, they're both rubbish. But we haven't got another option. We haven't got a plan B in midfield. We, have, we can't bring a player on. Who can put some passes together? We, you know, we we haven't got that creative. We need a ball playing midfield player, but we won't get one under this regime. I think Klein will probably sign, and he'll give he'll give a yeah. bit of cover at both centre backs. But I think we needed a centre back without that. Both fullbacks are we needed a centre back, but it's not. It's not been a bad win though compared to some of them. But it's not. I think we all expected a little bit. More, I think, right, right back when the season started, we were thinking, oh yeah, we'll get Ben Rahmi, we'll get Ollie Watkins. It's going to be the best transfer window ever. It's kind of gone. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a bad one. It's 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 decent, and it, and we got the players signed early, which is which is one thing. But I suspect we'll be at the bottom of Jim White's list tonight on the. Uh, and that, oh yeah, by the way, Palace signed Nathaniel Klein on a free transfer. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, Crack open the bubbly. <laughs>
2: We have... I mean, <laughs> Kevin makes much. a good point there, Chloe. We did... Unusually Hello. for Palace, actually, we did Hello. really good business early doors baby? in the transfer window, which we don't tend to do. Were we... Um, how do I phrase this?
3: Hmm, how
2: do I phrase this? Uh, was it a bit... How do I phrase this? I don't know. I don't were know we treated to, we treat <laughs> to a bit... Did it raise our expectations? There you go. Um, there anyway, you go. Got I, there think it, in the end. I think... I think it's the
1: opposite. I think that we're so used to coming to this deadline day and getting all of our treats at once that, that aren't really treats, you know. They're they're just sort of like, oh, something's happened, great. But it's like when you when you buy a new phone and then you look at your phone like, like every five minutes after two weeks, you're not excited about your new phone, right? Like, so I feel like we. I was really excited a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago because we done business. Um, And I think it's probably just new to us that we've done business early on in the transfer window. My hope is that we will continue having transfer windows like this where we spend the money that we have on building a young team Mm. um, so that there's a bit more sort of long-term joined up thinking. In terms of what I wish we got today, I, I, I wish we get a central defender. I would love an, a, a ball playing midfielder, but I know that that's not going to happen. And I would have loved Ben Rama. But we can still get him in the next couple of weeks because yeah, yeah. the domestic transfer yeah. window is, is open. And I wouldn't be surprised if that that happened and went through because I think he looks really, really good. But yeah, I'm a bit gutted about a centre-half. That, that's my that's my main one because, yeah, if you look at the centre-halves we've got over the past couple of seasons, it has just been like plastering over, over cracks and just making do and, and mending. Um, And I think that, again, we'll be okay for this season, but I think if we don't
3: address that very soon, Mm. next season we could be really in trouble. I want to get Ben Rahmer in just so I can hear him say at his first press conference, no, I've always wanted to play centre-back. I'm delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this, is what, this is what I agree with Roy, I'll play centre-back.
2: <laughs> well, I think there are rumours we're going to get this young German defender, Bella Kotchap, I think, who have been linked with for a while. So that would definitely tie in, Chloe, to sort of getting these more younger, for the future centre-backs. Because you're right, I mean, we are... We do have decent options at centre back, and you know, any of those
3: four or That's five four. are
2: a decent combo. But as you say, they are getting older, and the injuries are, are stacking up. So hopefully, Palace are moving towards that. Are we We're looking linked? at him in January, Belococha? I don't know. I, I don't know. Possibly. I know that we've also been linked with um, Flynn Downs, the Ipswich midfielder. But I think he picked up quite a nasty injury at yeah, the weekend, so that might end up being January. But it does sound enders, doesn't it? That, that they are with Eze, what? with Ferguson, yeah. possibly with oh. Flynn Downs and this Belococha. They are. Palace are starting to Ooh. evolve a bit in terms of their, their recruitment Absolutely. and move towards you know, the younger, you know, players.
4: I totally agree, and I think you know, I think it has been. It's been one of the best windows for a long time and you know you it, the excitement when Eze ride you, you can't forget that and he is a, an exciting prospect uh he was played out of position but you know hopefully that'll soon get sorted I, you know I think it was I think it was a good transfer window yes we need to yes we need a central defender yes we need a creative midfielder um it'll come you know probably not in this transfer window because it's only about four or five hours to go but Hopefully in the next one. But you know, I'm 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 happy with the transfer window. Look, the first three games this season, we've been playing really well. Mm. We've been playing really well. We've had some great results. We had a little of a, a bit of a blip on Saturday. Um, I'd like to just think it was a bad day at the office, and so we can get back to our not just winning ways, but playing better ways. You know, and I, you know, I don't think there's as as was alluded earlier on by both Chloe and yourself and Kev, You know, I don't think there's that much to worry about. Mm. It, it was a 4-0, but it wasn't a 4-0 drubbing. You know, we, we were in the game for most of it, and it was down to individual I think this transfer window has been absolutely fine. Mm. I don't think we need to worry about it. I think we've got the base of good squad. We've got a little bit more depth now on the bench. Not as much as we'd like, but you're never going to have much, as much as you like. Mm. You know, We've got a lot better than we have had. And, and I think I would, I'd, I'd like to spin this transfer window. It's been a very, very positive and a good one.
2: Oh, I like that. That's nice. Although the vibe I'm getting from all of you is that the, the result of the weekend... Uh, finishing twelfth, this wind this window, everything's sort of fine. That's the vibe I'm getting
3: from you. Yeah, your... it's just, it's just the, you know, the, the whole thing's just very typical, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. it's fine it's, it's fine just get with the Sacco <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, don't get me started Right, uh, don't what, get
2: me started Kev one final question then for this part uh, from Jamie Penston Raja hi Jamie hi Jamie who says hi, Jamie. How, how upset were you watching Watkins get a hat trick and Bowen help sink Leicester two of our big misses from the last few windows on top four uh, and then he's put not upset with how we're playing and six from this opening run isn't hard uh, sorry from this harsh opening run isn't bad mm. just thinking Kevin what if dot dot dot
3: well the thing is with Watkins uh, already after the first two games when he didn't score people were starting to say he's not good enough for the Premier League so <laughs> and that I mean that was a freak result on all I mean I, I still can't quite get over that I mean they could have scored 12 as well as the other thing and then four of the goals they did score were massive deflections so I don't think Villa fans should get carried away off the back of off that result. And you don't know, do you? Watkins may have come into us and not suited our system completely. We we were obviously looking at him, from what I understand, but clearly we decided to spend the money elsewhere. And I I think if Batshuayi starts, as he should do ahead of Ayu, he will score as many goals as Watkins does this season, but he has to start and he needs somebody to to play the ball to him in clever ways. (laughs) If (laughs) only we had someone that could do that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I have to, I have to say that um when I watched Watkins I only watched him a little bit for Brentford last season but he was quite quiet but that was when Brentford was sort of going into their like downward trajectory towards the end yeah. of the season. Um Jared Bowen is the one that I'm most gutted about because I think he like offers West Ham something a bit different which is like he's quite um like functional and economical in the way that he plays and very clinical. And I think that that's something that we miss. Like he, he doesn't, I I think he does the defensive work and he doesn't really need to be super involved in the game in an attacking way to, to make something happen. And I think he would have been like an excellent counter to Wilf, um, Mm. to sort of occupy defenders while Wilf was off doing something brilliant. Um, So Bowen is the one that I, I feel quite gutted
3: about, but we really, by all of my accounts, we really looked at Bowen. We spent a lot of time looking at him and mm. talking to him, and Roy decided it wasn't, he wasn't the right player for him, or Dougie decided I heard, he I heard decided not
2: I heard that we did. Chat to him, but Bowen wasn't particularly committed to coming to us and wanted to go to a more to a West Ham so maybe mm. it was one of those ones that from both sides just wasn't going to happen but but you're right he, he reminds me of like an old fashioned inside right sort of forward and, and very sort of traditional but works very hard and he's done fantastic for West yeah. Ham since he's, done, he's been absolutely brilliant I'm going to put him in my, fa- my fantasy team next week though so he will start struggling um, let's move on <laughs> to part three but before we do that a reminder <laughs> that if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP you can get an a subscription to The Athletic for just one pound a month, but that offer runs out on the 9th of October, so be quick. Uh, speaking of quick, we'll have questions from our listeners after this quick break. <laughs> Welcome back to the Five-Year Plan podcast. I went for a yeah. different deliv- delivery. <laughs> Not sure it worked. Um, part three is questions from our listeners. As you can imagine, we've got loads of questions, so we'll try our best to get through as many as possible. This first one comes from uh, One More Point Fanzine, a.k.a. Chris Lehman, the editor of uh, One More Point uh, Fanzine. Hey, Chris. But he, he's put the date, Hi, 19, 1993 to 2003, so there you yeah. go. Yeah, and it was the precursor to FYP, so a very important fanzine. a great fanzine. Um, and a great book as well. Not yeah. um, Can I mention other books, Kevin? I'm going to do it. Um, a great book as well that, <laughs> that, he's, that he's written as well. Uh, but basically, sure you buy Kevin's first and then buy Chris's, or both at the same time, whatever. <laughs> right, uh, he's put, uh, now that Palace have lost two in a row, has at Kevin Hunter Day got his relegation calculator grid drawn out in <laughs> readiness for the inevitable Palace
3: hover... Between so it's a
2: it's a bit early for for that Kevin isn't it?
0: Uh,
3: Even for you, it's, it's never too early, really. Well, you know me; it's the first Christmas starts on the first of October, as far as I'm concerned. So, it's never <laughs> it's never too early. Um, I, I I generally don't think. I said before, our performance against Everton merited a point at least. Without, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And Everton look like a team who finally could break into the top four. They look a really useful team so I've, I've got I don't think there is a problem I think it's there are I think there are more better teams in the Premier League this year than there have been but also I think there are two teams that are definitely going down for the first time we've lost Jade oh he's back
2: oh sorry yeah carry on, carry I'd, on. I'd,
3: I'd, 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 I don't thank you I will I um, <laughs> I. It, it was. Just, I think the, the reason the Chelsea result was so disappointing is because we had started the season so well. I mean, I, in in seasons gone by when we lost four 0 to Chelsea, we just go, yeah, of course we did. But this season, I, I think we all had a little bit of expectation that we would go there and and possibly uh, do something. So that made it more disappointing than we probably would have done in previous. I've got no, I've got no worries. I think I think Fulham and West Brom are probably going to really struggle. I think some of the traditional teams, you know, Burnley's luck was always going to run out in the end. And as I'm sure people will say about Palace, but I think, like we said about the transfer window, mean, it's not disastrous. Um, I, I wish Brighton wasn't our next game, to be perfectly honest, but uh, I've got no particular fears, I have to say.
2: Uh, Sheffield United as well seem to be uh, having a bit of yeah. a second season syndrome. Um, what's the earliest that your
3: bit of paper has ever come out? October. Oh, it is October, yeah. it is. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. It came out, i tell you, when, it, when, when uh, uh, De Boer <coughs> left, when, after Roy's... and Let's not forget that Roy lost his, his first three games in charge of, of Palace. It wasn't the, mm. the instant turnaround. So, after seven games of that season, the piece of paper was in... It was a long piece of paper, then, obviously, because there's a lot of fixtures <laughs> to write out. Oh, so De Boerian...
2: Our oh, Deborian period, as Chloe put it. That was a great thing. phrase. In a great <laughs> way to <laughs> describe it, Deborian. Um, yeah.
3: I will feed you in a minute. Get uh, money to feed you. <laughs> okay. Sorry, the cat's, the cat's nagging me. I'm sorry. All uh, all right. <laughs> right. That cat, um, There she is. Say hello to JD. You love JD.
2: Hello. Yeah, not interested in me. No, no, That's fine. I'm used to that. Um, <laughs> th- uh, right, I've got a question here from Son A. Hi, Son. Hi, Sonny. Hi, Sonny. And they say, I'm going to put this one to Chloe. They say, um, looking at the Everton game, do you think Palace sometimes play too honestly? Chelsea were at it too. Every time we went on the counter doing cheeky little fouls, do we need to start practising the dark arts?
1: No, like, well, yeah, in that regard. But if you look at our game plan, we're the opposite. If you look at our game plan um, against Chelsea, all it was was um, get your body between ball and man and then fall over. I've said this time and time before. This is all IU does. Wilf was doing it. We're so good at the dark arts. I wouldn't worry about that. You could see how frustrated Chelsea were getting with us because because players were just... Falling over and making the most of it, and I think it it reminded me a bit of when I would watch England play, sort of in the the mid to late noughties. Like we would get so frustrated because, um, you know, teams that we would play would just fall over and and draw the foul like off, off Peter Crouch or something, and we were doing exactly the same. So so I think it's one of those things where we're just like partial. We we only see like our team side of it, but but we were definitely like drawing those fouls.
3: Yeah, and McCarthy and MacArthur are definitely adept at the dark arts. McCarthy, definitely. Yeah, we we know what we're doing. We'll, yeah, we'll, and then look,
1: yeah, look at look at like um we said this about Luca. Like, how has Luca not been sent off so many? The amount where he just like yeah. comes in and just clatters through someone, he gets away with it big time. Um, yeah, I, I take on board the point, point that maybe we need to be like a bit more cynical and foul in their half, but. But I think I think we're all right. I think we're quite quite a professional Premier League team in
2: that regard now. Wow. Not had Palace referred to in that regard. Uh, <laughs> possibly <laughs> ever, I think. So that's... Uh, but Enders, it, obviously, yeah. uh, Wilf gets his customary kicks. Eze was taking yeah. a lot on Saturday. It, it, in a way, it's a yeah. compliment, isn't it, from other teams that they want to uh, tackle our or target our sort of uh, flair yeah, it players is like a, that.
4: It's just a compliment, but it only really works if the player that's being fouled does something to... Stop it happening, you know. Like, you know, it's, you often hear from these great players, they love getting fouled and stuff because it makes it raises their game. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't on Saturday. Um, I think Wilf was quite quiet, and as it, you know, as it looked a little bit out of his depth, actually. For the you know, he didn't really I he looked a little right. bit out of his depth. I know he did all right, but it wasn't quite with the pace. I don't know, just seems he needs to be a little bit quicker. I think, I think, I think the game was a little bit quick for him <laughs> in the second half. Um, just a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, just going back to the cynical thing, I think yeah, I, I think we could be, I think what we do, I think our our cynicism is quite um, underhand and it's not that obvious to the casual viewer. Whereas I think the Chelsea cynical fouls were pretty obvious. So mm. it, I think you know you most uh, f- most supporters of the game will think that Chelsea maybe were being a little
3: bit worse than we were. But I, I agree with Chloe. What? We're both. Also, the the problem is that teams we play against are happy to foul us because they know we're so shit at dead balls. <laughs> <laughs> true. Basically, they true, you yeah. know they as, as long as we they foul yeah. us outside the box, there's nothing for them to worry about because yeah. that's something that hasn't improved this season to be perfectly honest mm. so that's that's why they can give cheap fouls away and also they know with Wilf in, in particular they, they every team that we play will still try and get under Wilf's skin and still try and annoy him and and niggle him and it, and it, it also it's a comment on how poor referees are at the moment as well that but we, yeah, we're just as capable of it we're just as capable of yeah. you know some of the players we've got are centre-back and just as capable of hurting people um, yeah.
2: <laughs> on, that's good to know. Um, on the Eze thing, Kevin, uh, mm. and as, as Edmonds was talking, to him sort of made a good point about Eze sort of the the pace of the Premier League maybe being a bit a bit quicker than what he's used to, which is totally understandable, having come up from the Championship. And it, with young players and players that come from uh, the lower league, they will take time to develop to the pace of the Premier League. But I th- I'm thinking of Benteke as I'm saying this. Like he will get Eze will get that support from the Palace fans. There's no way any if he doesn't you know score assists for the next five, ten games, no Palace fans are going to get us his back. I think it's the perfect supportive environment, in the same way that we backed Benteke for four years, even though he didn't score
3: a goal. Well, also with Eze, despite the fact that apparently he's playing in his favourite position, he's, <laughs> he's used to spending Don't games. Don't take that as gospel, by the way. That's but just, he, but he's way. used to spending games. Like at, at QPR, a lot went around and through him. He was like the the fulcrum of the team. So he had the ball a lot more often at QPR. And he was up against defenders that weren't quite as good. So it, it's only four games in. He came off the bench the first two games. It's it's. I, I don't think he's suited for that particular role, to be perfectly honest, but it will take him a while. I mean, Watkins' goals yesterday that was championship defending by Liverpool. It was such poor defending that Watkins just happened to benefit from shocking defending. And that won't happen in, in games against teams like Burnley, for example, or games against Sheffield United. So he, he will struggle for goals. But I'm confident that Eze, once he gets to the, to the pace of the game, will be will be perfect for us. And as you say, Palace fans are, are really generous. Palace fans are always very reluctant to get on a, a player's back. And it's remarkable that Ben Teke hasn't been tied to a carton <laughs> railroaded out of town, essentially. I mean, it's it's we it, our, our level of support for Benteke has been astonishing, and and as we keep saying, one day he will repay us by scoring twenty goals in the Premier League in yeah, China f- for someone else. Yeah, yes, exactly. in China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think, I, think the, I think for me the worry about Eze is that because he's a wanderer, um, he wants to go and pick the ball up and get on yeah. the ball mm, yeah. rather than picking it up in tight spaces. Yeah. So what he'll do is he'll go and pick up the ball and then he's the one slowing down the game. So, that, so, yeah. so, the, ga- so, so the game isn't slow and then he slows it down to, to sort of a championship pace and I think that that's a concern. But, you know, we can't criticise him too early. It's, it's a huge step up for him and I yeah. think he will. I, I've seen enough that I think, yeah, he's going to be a good player.
2: Me too, and, oh, yeah. and he will learn. He will he will learn that as you know how to get into the, the better positions. And in fact, Chloe, actually, Roy Roy said something after the game, or I said maybe for the for the Monday papers about, oh, it took Schluppy and Will for a while to learn the defensive duties, or something. Mm. That be the same with Eze, and everyone's translated that as oh, he's going to play him in defensive midfield, blah blah blah. But I think actually, it's just Roy saying it will take him a while to learn those other responsibilities that come with being a Premier League player. So I translated that as well. He's just going to learn how to deal with the Premier League rather
3: than you know, mm-hmm. playing him at left back or whatever, which clearly isn't going to happen. <laughs> But if, if you remember though, the, the, when he came on against Southampton, we all said in the pod after that game that he looked like a Premier League player straight away as soon as he walked on the pitch, and his first touch was poor. But he, his last ten minutes that he played against Southampton, he looked really useful. Mm. He got on, he got onto the ball, he got some good crosses in. So yeah, you know, we it's four games in. Let's let's not forget how good a team Chelsea are. Yeah, they're a fantastic team. They're all they already were a fantastic team, and they bought eighty squillion. Pounds worth for players to make them even more fantastic. So yeah, we can't operate at that level. We, yeah, so it's a, it's a good that we're looking at the championship for once to bring players of that quality through. But it's always going to be a gamble, and it's always going to take time. So there's no there's no criticism of him yet at all. No, and He looks he looks confident
2: and like he yeah. won't be phased by it. Yeah, yeah in, exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, right, okay. Let's move on to a question here from the wise Nola man.
3: Ooh, hi,
2: Wise. Hi, um, And he's put uh, four questions in one. So I'm just going to fire them off at you guys and we'll see what happens. Um, should Batshuayi get the nod from now on over Ayu? Yes. Yes. Do- yes. yes. Okay, let's do quick fire. Good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so yes to that. Do we need to make changes like starting Gyro more or moving Eze to a central midfield position?
3: Possibly. Depends. I think it depends. depends on the opposition. Again, this is, yeah. comes back to what we talked about in, in part one, that Roy... Roy's innate conservatism means that he tends not to change the system against different teams. He'll always he'll always play the same way, no matter what team we're playing against or how that team sets up. But you you very rarely see other Premier League teams start with the same eleven. Liverpool mainly, maybe maybe because they got a brilliant starting eleven, but for the most part, people will change certain players for certain games, and Relevable is definitely an option. As Can they someone play in- help me
1: help me understand? I- I find it really hard to put my finger on how Gyro functions in the team. Mm. Can, can you guys? I liked him in, pre- in, in
2: pre-season. I liked him in central midfield. I think it was Lukaku played long Was it Lukaku played alongside of someone in pre-season? I liked him in central midfield, but obviously that's pre-season and it's friendlies. It's not the same pace as the Premier League. But when the games were slower and he was able to get on the ball and ping it here, ping it there, I think he looked very good. But that's a very different situation to playing in the Premier League against Chelsea and Arsenal and, or and, even the and rubbish Roy, teams.
1: Roy's never going to give him an opportunity, as we've said, to do
3: that. No, it seems, it, it, probably it, not, but it would be nice. But but yeah, it, it seemed like halfway through last season, Roy was suddenly told by somebody that we had this guy called Jaira Riedewald who played (laughs) for Ajax in the Champions League and was really good. And Roy went, oh, what, that little fella. And then because he came in and played left-back and he looked like he was floundering a little bit. Mm. But he's, I mean, the the guy's a top-class international defensive midfield player. He can play centre-back as well. So he's got to be an option. But it comes back to what we're saying because the two Macs worked well in three games, then they will get another 10 games before <laughs> it. So <laughs> it's as simple as that. And there are, there are other, you know, if you're playing a team that packs the midfield, we need to do the, the same thing. Yeah. If you're playing a team that plays winbacks, we need to respond to that. So, you know, Gyro's got to be an option. Luca's got to be an option. It's, it's, yeah, but I think Roy sets his mind on something, and that's it, it, He's like a tanker at sea, it takes him two or three months to turn around. Essentially, but, so but Readerwell But I don't think we've ever played. I don't. It, Roy's one of those. He'll probably say well doesn't know his best position, but I'm sure Riederwell does. But he's he's a he's a quality player. But he's he's in danger of being the sort of defensive version of Max Mayer that we never see mm. the best of him. You know. Mm.
2: I do like him in midfield. I think I think he he can affect the game more there than left back. But as you say, Roy likes his teams, and to be fair to Roy. It's worked yeah, it for him for 35, 40 yeah. years of management at the very top. So he yeah. must be, you know, doing something right. Yeah. Um, but who knows with Jairo? He seems to be one of these players that, that suddenly pops up. Oh, Jairo's on the bench. Oh, Jairo's starting and, yeah. and, and never seems to let us down. So we'll see. Um, let's move on to another player who definitely hasn't let us down, Enders, uh, since he's mm-hmm. played. And that is is Tyre Mitchell, who's been fantastic. At yeah. Brendan underscore Walsh one. Hi, Brendan. Hi, um, one. Has said, <laughs> well... well to the final well,
3: two questions from the quick file. If you stopped oh, yeah. after there was two. one
2: more sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry the wise NOLA man I completely <laughs> cut you off there there was one more and I need I, want, I do want a quick fire question answer from all of you for this one will Scott Banks or Pierrick get a chance to start under Roy no no, no. and there we go right let's move on to the next question uh, from uh, Brendan Wolfe. Uh I'll go to Enders for this one uh, will Roy rush PVA back to take Mitchell out of the firing line for a while. I wouldn't say he's in the firing line. I
4: though, wouldn't it? say he's in the firing line at all. I think he's, I think he's been equi- equipping himself yeah. extremely well so far. I'm, I've, a, apart from that naive mistake at the weekend, uh, which led to a penalty, um, which, you know, I'm not going to point the finger to which I mean It was a mistake. And, he, you know, he'll, he'll learn from that. He'll, he, he won't he have slept that night. Mm. I, I, I don't think he's been in the firing line. I think he's been, he's been mature beyond his age. I, uh, I think, PVA is going to have maybe a bit of a problem getting back in the team. And I think it's good to have, it's good to have that, um,
3: that tussle for places. I disagree with Enders here. I think as soon as PVA's fit, he'll put him back. Yeah, I think,
1: put, I think he'll, I think he'll put him back,
3: but I don't think he will rush him. No, no, true. Okay. No, he doesn't have, no, he doesn't have to, because I, I mm. agree. Mitchell's been really good, but Roy will always revert to what he knows best. And Roy will always trust, um, an older experienced player over a, A young player. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how young players are supposed to get that experience when Mm. Roy will always trust. But you can, you can like JD says, it's worked for him. And most managers would, would, you know, Mm. we've had plenty of managers in the past like Pulis and um, Warnock who will play experienced players before youngsters. But it's nice to know that Mitchell is is good enough for the Premier League, and he's there as an option on the bench. Should anything else happen I think it'd be a shame and again this comes back to Roy's conservatism it'll be a shame if you know PVA comes back as Ferguson's fit so suddenly we'll get the experience on one side and then the young player will be on the right hand side because it's it's hard to imagine that Roy would take a risk on both fullbacks being young and inexperienced to be perfectly Mm. honest and that's why I think Klein coming in would be would be useful I mean that's a perfect Mm. Royce and, in fact, if anyone needs to come out the far it's probably Wardy, who's who's still perfectly competent. But the pace of the Premier League is getting to him, and it's it's yeah. noticeable how Chelsea tried to isolate him on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I do have a question about
3: Wardy that I want to come to. Oh, sorry, Clay.
1: Yeah, I, d- I just wanted to say on the Tyrant Mitchell front, like I think the best thing that has happened in regards to Tyrant Mitchell is that we haven't been speaking about him yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's, he's yeah. just come in and been really functional and, and like yeah. settled into the team. And I pretty I, please don't quote me on this, but I seem to remember one Saka making quite like an early mistake in his mm. Palace career. And like, yeah, that's, probably. that's absolutely fine. You'd, you'd expect it. And it hasn't cost us the game. We were going to lose it, it quite convincingly anyway. Um, but I think, like with one bissaka we really noticed him really early, and that's because he was doing quite remarkable stuff. And I've always said it is because he was having to use his long spider legs to mm. atone for mistakes that he'd made because yeah, he yeah. was having to like <laughs> r- run and get back and make a, a crunching tackle. Whereas you're not really seeing anyf- anything like that from Mitchell. And I, I really like that he's, he's got the confidence to get up the pitch and mm, and, yeah. and join up and link the attack. But I do think. We do miss PVA in regards to sort of like um, attacking. He he option offers like a, a very fast overlap yeah. um, when we're when we're attacking.
2: Yeah, and I mean, and Mitchell hasn't hasn't made any horrendous errors. Just a couple of sort of naive errors that a young player will. Um, yeah. But also, it's how they react to it. You know, if Mitchell then makes these errors for the next ten games, but then that's a, you know, that's a player not learning. But I suspect he won't. You always yeah. have to make these errors to learn from them at this yeah. level to then hopefully improve. But I've got every, every confidence he will because he's shown so far that he can do that.
3: I imagine as well that Aaron Wampasaka really wishes he was at Palace at the moment because every, you know, Palace fans will forgive Mitchell. We forgive our players full stop for the most part, but of course we'll forgive Mitchell mistakes. As as Enders says, he won't have slept on Saturday night, but that was a a player trying to do the the, the right thing and he nearly got away (laughs) with it. Whereas... Wambsac is at a club now where every single move is scrutinised by billions of people across the world, mm. and he's pl- he's playing in an awful an awful defence. So he looks like he's gone backwards in terms of his his abilities and his confidence. And whereas this time last season we were talking about him as an England player, he doesn't look anything like that at the moment. Well,
1: for, for me, for me, he's not like a symptom of that awful defence. He's he's a cause of that awful uh, yeah. defence. I don't I I, I, th- I don't think he's good enough to be a Manu player. He's got Rushed into something because because there was loads of hype around him and Manu. There was loads of hype around how bad Manu's defence was. So they felt like they needed to make like a high profile signing mm. who was young. And I I think in a couple of years it could Five be the Luke Shaw effect. Mm. It could be the Luke Shaw effect where we're all just looking at him going, ah, he's not good enough.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, the, I think that's the same, and with he the might whole, come back to Palace. You I know. think that's the same with the whole Man United. <laughs> you know, not to turn into Man United podcast, but I think that's the same with the whole Man United defense. None of them are good enough to play for Man United. I mean, Harry, Harry yeah. Maguire literally moved Luke Shaw out the way when he was trying yeah. to clear a ball. That we it, it, was, it was Sunday <laughs> league defending. Anyway, look, let's move on. Uh, we did have a question last week about Joel Ward that I didn't get round to uh, from Andy Hill six zero zero six because Andy. last week, uh, Kevin, was Joel's 250th game for Palace. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Ow. the handball with Everton was to talk about. and So Andy, ignoring the obvious, which was the, the ridiculous penalty, reflecting on Joel's 250th game, is he the best value signing Palace have ever made?
3: He's it's, it's got to be one of them. I, 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 think, I think probably even Joel Ward is surprised that he's still playing in the Premier League for Palace, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> and I think, I think most Palace fans, he's been a brilliant servant for us, but most... From two or three seasons ago, most Palace fans have been saying, well, Wardy will move on and we'll get another right back in. And he's never let us down. But at the same he's he's a competent, professional Premier League footballer. But he's a classic example of what Chloe described as a that will do syndrome, basically. And and it's it's good. If we get Klein, that'll be some competition for him. And, and it, the, the fact is that Wardy basically has to start every game because he's got no... Back up at the moment, but also he's in that situation where, in the back of his head, he probably knows that as soon as Ferguson's fit, Wardy will be back on the bench. So I I think he's he's certainly never let us down. He's always been, there's always been that discrepancy between PVA going forward on one side and Wardy not going forward on another. But he's he's still a good defender. But the trouble is that fullbacks need to be more than. Defenders. As Gary Neville says every single time he's on telly, that the fullback position is probably the one that's changed the most in modern football. And the fullback's a supplementary striker now, and we don't get that from from Wardie. He defends very well, but that's that's it, 20 years ago, that would be brilliant, but not mm. anymore. And it's, it, well, he's it's he's never it's done great. that,
2: really. He's never been a, you know, an overlapping no. uh, second striker. But, Chloe, he has been fantastic for us. And I put him sort of in the Martin Kelly camp as well, as a player yeah, yeah. that's like always reliable, will do a job, never seems to moan, will play various positions, seems to love playing for Palace. And I think whenever he leaves and whenever, you know, I assume he'll get a testimonial because he's not far off that, but he'll leave with, you know, the best wishes of Palace fans are probably in, in the bracket of Palace legend.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think we're underplaying this. I love him with all my heart. I think he's an absolutely fantastic man. (laughs) And I think that because he's so like understated and lovely and Christian, we probably haven't sort of given him all of the love that that perhaps like Wilf gets. And, you know, obviously that's because Wilf's like, you know, a top quality player and Ward is just a really good Premier League professional but he is so fantastic and is on Spiroli
3: levels for me. Well, it's also got to, be, it's, it's got to be said that uh, he's on Spiroli levels because if, if the club or the foundation need a volunteer for anything, mm. Wardy's the first one to put his hand up and say, I'll do that. If you want someone to go to talk to a school or to a young offender or to what, well, Wardy will do it. And he he doesn't want any publicity for it. He does it because he thinks it's the right thing to do. So he's been a, a model professional. But as Chloe says, sometimes the model professionals are the ones that get that get overlooked by fans. And it's he's he's probably one of those. He deserves a testimony. He'll be one of those that in five, six years' time, would all be going, oh, he was, wasn't was he good, Ward? He was great, wasn't he? We should have told him at the time, shouldn't we? <laughs> it's such a shame the relationship ended like that. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither of us knew. Neither of us knew how much we loved each other. <laughs> if we, if we'd spoken, it would have been so, you know... He's a great. We had him on
2: the Christmas podcast last year and he hmm. laughed at all my jokes and I definitely fell in love with him. Oh, wow. I didn't
3: oh, realise he was simple.
1: That, that charity work.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll take it though. Um, yeah. enders, enders if we you could raised up... £2,000 that day because we sponsored him to laugh at your jokes. <laughs> Money well spent.
2: Uh, Wardy, uh, not Wardy, um, Enders, if you... Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about Wardy again. Um, enders, if you could sum up Joel Ward in a word. What would it be? Dependable. Nice. I'll take that. Uh, right. Final question then this week from Ray in Houston. Hi, Ray in Houston. Hi, Ray. Is there a,
3: Is there a problem?
2: Very good. Wardy would love that joke.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ray <laughs> says
2: if they have to cancel the season because of COVID, again, you know, could, could be an issue going forward, they should instead resolve all the remaining fixtures by penalty shootout. Oh, and then he's put my question: How will they tell the difference?
3: Um, <laughs> Good question. Do you all think... the Premier League have decided what they're going to do already. Have they? COVID have they? Oh, what the is Kobe is, really? it, yeah. is it
1: make all the mascots fight? Because yep. um,
3: that'd be great, wouldn't it? I'd fancy our yeah.
1: chances. And Gonosaurus yeah. gone now, so Arsenal'd yeah. be right, right That's down a... the bottom.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be great, Pete the Eagle. I wouldn't take Pete the Eagle on in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to. Keep... He strikes me as a sort. He'd, he would. He'd just keep coming back at you, wouldn't he? <laughs> no, they've decided they'll work it out. It'll be on a points per game suit, so, but um, oh, okay, yeah. it won't kick in until at least twenty-five games. I think have been played. So, okay. if the season were to end in two weeks' time, that would just be it. If season's gone, done and dusted, null right. and void. So, well, and we finished twelve. So, yeah, oh, that's a point, yeah. well, that's there good. Go. Yeah, it's not bad. We'll take it,
2: um, guys. That's the end of this podcast. There's no preview of the Brighton game because it's the international break this weekend, and we are pudding next week. So, we'll do a preview of the Brighton game then um so that wraps up the podcast um chloe wow. thanks for returning and uh, joining us thanks for having me it's always a pleasure
3: yeah always and fun. chloe i'll see you at the streatham literary festival oh, oh <laughs> i cannot wait <laughs> when is the streatham literary festival it's um, a week on Thursday. I think it's the 15th of October. It's in the White Rabbit 15th Pub.
1: 15th of
3: October. Yeah, 15th of October. It's in the White Rabbit no, Pub no. between 7 o'clock right. and 8 o'clock. Um, uh, actual people are allowed in, which is which is nice. <laughs> really? So, ah, I've right. got a feeling social distancing won't be an issue at the Straton Festival. I've got a feeling that. we won't need a steward to, to make sure the queue moves two <laughs> metres away from each other. But, <laughs> but everyone's welcome to come along.
2: Well, there you okay. go. If you're local, then, then do go along. Or well, you just can ra- travel. Just You
1: said, but, by the way, Kev, I think you said the white rabbit, but isn't it the rabbit hole?
3: Oh, the rabbit hole, I beg your pardon. Yeah, it used to, yeah. it used to be the, grey, was the greyhound as far well, as I'm concerned. Obviously, it's and common. Near, yeah. near the waterfront in of the, which, I is know the pub? which isn't the waterfront. I know anymore. that pub. Yeah, it's the mere scribbler, know. Did it's I go to now. that pub with you one time, Kev? I didn't yes, there. Almost, definitely, there. almost definitely Almost <laughs> <there. laughs> definitely yes. I'm yeah.
2: pre- pretty sure they've got palace owners
3: as well. They have, yes. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, well,
2: there you go. Uh, and Kevin, just remind us where they, people can get your book from again?
3: Uh, well, online from Waterstones and Amazon, or it's, in, it's actually out in bookshops if you want to go in the shop and buy it. There you go. Um, oh, wow.
2: And Enders, just, do you want to say anything?
3: Uh, thank you for having me. Pl- Enders, plug your radio show, Enders. You're doing a radio show <laughs> every yeah. well, well, already... day. I've been doing it for three years.
4: I've, I've, I've been t- uh, yeah, Soho Radio, SohoRadioLondon.com. It's brilliant. Um, Monday to Friday from 9am until midday. Mm. I play a lot of this and a bit
2: of that and loads of that. <laughs> Beautiful. Well done. Right. Uh, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, post. We're going to do... Actually, the patrons are getting a late night... Um, deadline day quick reaction for me, Celsey and Rob tonight. So that'll be in your orders wow. tomorrow morning. It's It'll be joining. short. It'll worth be very short. That, it? It'll uh. be very short. Do you want to
3: record it now? Nathaniel Klein. There you go. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> um, so look out for that if you're a patron at patreon.com forward podcast. Uh, and otherwise, enjoy your week. Enjoy the international break and we'll see you again next week.